This is TB8 by Dinner, a podcast about entertainment issues brought to you by DarkCrazy.com. There are those who believe that life here began out there. Behold! The sword of power. Excalibur! Far across the universe, with tribes of humans who may have been the forefathers of the Egyptians, or the Toltecs, or the Mayans. They were clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairfeeling, clairtouching, and clairsmelling. You know what you are? Your skin is pale white and ice cold. You don't go out into the sunlight. Say it out loud. Say it. Vampire. Are you afraid? No. There's nothing stopping them now. Jack, tell me there's no finish. Once again, world, you're listening to TV8 My Dinner. My name is Sean, and I am sitting here with Brooks and Greg. You're just in time for part two of our sci-fi cliches retrospective review. So let's get back to the good stuff. Man, you remember the 80s when Terry Hatcher was just the hot chick in everything? You knew when Terry Hatcher was the, the transporter operator, you're like, oh, something's about to happen. You don't just get Terry Hatcher to operate the transporter. <laughs> you knew something was going on. She was like the hot chick in everything in the 80s. I can't remember her in anything from the 80s except that there, one she's show. All over the place. What's funny is I don't remember her much from the 80s either, but then I see her in the old shows. She was a recurring and, character yeah. on MacGyver. Was she? She was in Tango and Cash. It's weird I don't remember Hello. her from these things. I, I guess I didn't know who she was at that time. She, so was, she was in Seinfeld for an episode or two. Everyone was in Seinfeld at some point or another. She was the hotness. She was the hotness in the 80s. The hotness. She was the hotness. She's no Wilma Here's Deering. Another good one. Well, who is? No, Wil- that is true. There, there is no Wilma Deering. She was one of a kind. But go ahead. Jack the Ripper. Okay. Can we put him to rest, please? <laughs> yeah, please. Man, I cannot think of the sci-fi show that has not broken out Jack the Ripper for no reason, including, once again, Star Trek. <laughs> when did Star Trek have Jack the Ripper? Apparently, there was a, there's an episode, and this like, actually ties in with a whole other cliche I would like people to to retire, which is one of the characters is on trial for murder, which every <laughs> Star Trek show did at least once. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But most of the characters in Star Trek have been on trial for murder. <laughs> Almost all of them. You'd think that would, there would be some kind of review afterwards. But there was an episode where Scotty on a planet was like accused of like killing a bunch of prostitutes or something. Really? And then it turned out he really did because he was possessed by this alien thing that I guess was also, you know, at one point Jack the Ripper. I need to bone up on my Star Trek because I don't remember Netflix any of these. Yes, you can, you man, you've got the streaming. You can stream it. Man, who there, – there's no reason not to. That show is awesome. Like – if one show created a hundred cliches, then it must be an awesome show. <laughs> I think Bell Star Galactica did that one too. Sh- Jack the Ripper episode. I can't remember. Oh, did it do it? How we? How can they the can't old, have done a Jack the, the Ripper? Jack Star, the old Bell Star Galactica did. But I mean, there was no tie-in with with our history. He can't have literally been Jack the Ripper. Well, I think it might have been Jack the Ripper esque, you know, serial killer type stuff. I can't, I can't remember. remember. I, I remember can't. they met, they had the devil, the main bad guy on the original Battlestar Galactica. Man, that show was cool. That's <laughs> another one. <laughs> the uh, the new version just ended this weekend. Yeah, so. good thing. Uh, I have to. Not agree. a minute too the soon. The show right? or people who <laughs> like it, but man, I I'm a I'm an original Battlestar Galactica guy. I really enjoyed that show. Mm. 
more power to the people who enjoy the the new version. But to me, it it, it has nothing to do with the original. I like well, it nothing well else. To keep it, up with it, but it brings attention it, to the original. That's good. Yeah. Actually, I don't know because now that it's overshadowed the original, it's like even worse. Because when you say the name, now it's associated with this new show, and people don't even seem to know there was an original. Oh, I don't Seems think worse that's true. Me. Surely not. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I think. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't know. You're probably know. wrong. I don't just know. Saying. I think you're not right on that. <laughs> All right. Wrong. Here's another good one. And this is this happens in sci-fi mostly for obvious reasons, but strangely enough, it's not only in sci-fi. Repeating hmm. days as a concept. Yeah, the now, Groundhog can, Day kind of yeah. thing. As far as I can tell, and maybe Twilight Zone started this, I don't know, or something before that. I can't think of a Twilight Zone. But the earliest the earliest thing I can remember that did this was a short film called 12.01 p.m. And this was the first repeating time thing that I know about. A short film? When was that? Uh, I, I want to say it was in the 80s. It had Kurtwood Smith, who was the dad in that 70s show. So it was before and, Groundhog Day, I guess. Oh, yeah, way before. Because that was the 80s, and wasn't And the it? concept of this was that he had to repeat the same hour over and over again. It was awful. Ooh, that would suck. You can't even do anything in an hour. You know, so that was the concept. Groundhog Day is what brought it into the popular light. Yeah. Definitely. But then, you know, there was a show called True Calling with Liza Dushku, where that was the concept of the show. Didn't they do it in uh, Star Trek at some point? That seems like I remember. Star Trek The Next Generation had a repeating day where the ship kept blowing up and they kept trying to figure out why. They've tried to do it several times. There was actually a a show that didn't make it on ABC a couple seasons ago uh, that was that sort of thing, too, where they were trying to repeat the same day. Uh, Like I said, it didn't get picked up, so it was gone. Buffy had a repeating day's episode. X-Files had a repeating day episode. Usually it revolves around up to a point where someone gets killed and then the clock resets. Well, that's exactly what this was. This this it was had Tay Diggs in it and his girlfriend gets killed. Oh yeah, was it keep... twenty fourth daylight or something daybreak? The show was something called? like that. Yeah, it was... yeah, it was a twenty four style show except that it was a repeating day show. Right, but it was it was like the day repeat. It was very weird. I saw a little bit of it. You know what's weird? I saw this recently. Have... Did, did you guys ever see uh, Jeremy Piven in that show called Cupid? Yeah. They are I doing like that show. they are doing a story for story remake of that show. It's huh. yeah, <laughs> on a, on ABC it's it's called Cupid and it, it's the same storyline that they like he has to make 100 people fall in love with it's each really, other before It's a cute idea but Jeremy Piven was really all that made that show work. It seems well, like I mean, loved what's, that what's show weird about it is like him. it's it's right, I mean it's just weird to see things get recycled like that. It, it's Especially even right something down, that didn't make that show was a failure. I know. Why and would you do a shot for shot? Are we still in the writers' strike? The I mean, what's going on that they're just like I, I recycling scripts? It, it kind of makes me wonder whether something got picked up because I mean, even down to where you know, like Jeremy Piven would keep track of how many people, how many successes he's had with a with a pool table counter. You know, the thing. <laughs> And, I guess somebody just thought, you know, that was a good idea that didn't get it shot. Let's do that again. Yeah, like maybe they like, this is really quality, but it, we just, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's weird, weird though. It is weird that to just recreate be, something. That show used to be word blocked word. with the revamped Fantasy Island. Remember when they redid Fantasy Island with Malcolm McDowell? And it, was, it wasn't terrible. It was actually pretty good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. But neither, they all, they were on like on Friday night and they both failed. Yeah. Well, there you and go. About the same time. <laughs> Let me go ahead and just rattle the cup, other couple that I had. Um, um, time travel, which we could talk all night about. And, Wait, because uh, you have to be more specific. Yeah, I guess just, you know, the preventing your parents from meeting, that kind of stuff, that type of time travel stuff. And uh, techno babble, which, which was the other one. Techno babble so, is very well, Maybe Trek I was just thing. bitching about Star Trek on that. I don't know, but... Uh, uh, on the repeating days thing, Supernatural actually had a repeating days episode that I thought was pretty good. And it was another thing where, you know, it had a little bit of a twist. It was more than, you know, your, your average repeating days thing because there was like a demon who was trying to torture Oh, of course. Sam. 
man, that show, I will tell you, that show is the, the, the last lighthouse keeper. If you liked the Buffy Angel kind of shows or those fun Supernatural kind of shows, Supernatural is like, you know, the inheritor of all of that. Like, that show is, is really good. I, I still enjoy Smallville, too, but, but Supernatural, man. What about Charmed? That show, I never liked that <laughs> oh, Really? Show. Is Charmed still never. on? No. Oh, I didn't know. It was on way longer than it deserved to be. That was an outfit of the week. Like, what if they're all dressed like mermaids? Okay, what if we dress them up <laughs> like superheroes? It's just ridiculous cheesecake. I mean, what's nerdier than that? Well, it got better when they got rid of what's-her-name and got what's-her-face. <laughs> <laughs> that's always the way she's a cliche too she, I'm glad I like the show a lot better when you got rid of what's her name and replaced it with what's her name <laughs> I'm just saying if that, you're going to dress them up hey, in outfits minute, at that, least get pretty girls yeah, that should be that a cliche exactly though that, that, should, show. that should be a cliche though Shannon Doherty for the first two seasons and she's gone <laughs> <laughs> well you, that you should also avoid that I would say that <laughs> and you know, if you're in a position where you can get Rose McGowan instead of Shannon Doherty, I would go with that. Yeah, yeah damn straight. Who can argue with that? I would say that's definitely the the, the way, thing to shoot for. <laughs> I dreamed I, I was married to her one time. I ain't never had a dream with Shannon Doherty in it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm kind of tired of, of 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 doppelgangers. And Star Trek's really bad about this. Where there'll be someone that can, it's a shapeshifter or whatever, and they can just turn into anybody. And then they go around and just wreck all kinds of havoc. And you're like, why is, you know, why is Spock, you know, stealing things on the ship? What's going on? And then, <laughs> oh, oh, it's actually I a shapeshifter. Say, I guess the, the I evil twin. I would say shapeshifters are thing. probably a good thing you could retire because they are always lame. To a lesser degree, I think that's the problem with Dollhouse right now. I've been watching the show and trying to get into it. But as I watch this show, more and more people involved in the show are actually these imprinted people who actually work for the dollhouse. It's like, so is it everybody? Is that what the show's leading towards? Everyone will be someone who does not have a personality of their own. Oh. Because it's like every episode, some new person turns out to be, you know. And this is the Battlestar Galactica thing. This is this is lazy writing, and I hate to say that. Oh, I was about you know, to say. But, I was trying not to bring you know, up Battlestar Galactica again, but, but I was thinking it's like that's what we're all Cylons. Who, that's, that's, who uh, is it? That's not nearly. That's not remotely as compelling as you may believe it to be, because it's too easy when you're going around. You're like, actually, he's a bad guy. Bow, bow. Like, oh my god, I never saw that coming. Actually, that's not true. I just don't care. <laughs> is that is that the same thing? Because, you know, when you have a twist of the week or you have a who knows who to trust, or we were talking about this with heroes, you know, where they keep flipping back and forth and you don't know who's good guys, who's bad guys, it does it's not compelling for very long because you become desensitized. You're like, okay, well, they're all stupid. Yeah, well, yeah, because you got you to gotta root for somebody. Yeah, there, has to, there have to be, like, constants. And, you know, when you have everyone's a shapeshifter or everybody's some imprinted, you know, whatever, you know, imprinted personality person or double agents or triple agents, it still reminds me of the of that, that sketch where we did yeah. where You're the supervillain's ripping agent? the mask. <laughs> he keeps ripping the mask off of his, of his enemy to find out that all every superhero is ever fought the same guy. <laughs> it seems like that's what keeps happening. I must know the true identity of my greatest enemy. I must see the Black Tornado unmasked. Good God! A mask behind the mask. The Black Tornado is also the Dark Shadow? My two greatest foes, the same man? And who is behind this ingenious disguise? Hummingbird too? You're a triple agent? What man could be all three of my most challenging opponents? Lightning Bolt as well? And the Grim Vindicator? And Death Chrome? And Silver Star too. So, you're all of my enemies. But, but that is my favorite sketch, because I think that you see that in sci-fi all the time. <laughs> On trial for murder, we mentioned that. Every Star Trek show, every character. I, I could actually do you a chart that would be pretty funny of Star Trek characters, it's the majority who have at one point or another been put on trial for murder on some other Some planet. trumped up charges. Let's see. Kirk, Kirk has been on trial for murder. If you count the movies, he's been on uh, at least <laughs> twice. He and, he and McCoy 
Um, <laughs> At least twice in the movie. This is like OJ all of a sudden. <laughs> well, now, okay, now, been on trial yeah. or been on trial for murder. Now, Kirk's been on trial several times. I would yeah. say, let's limit he it to He cannot murder. stay out of trouble, I swear. <laughs> He's got a lawyer on, you know, on on retainer. He's <laughs> on speed dial on his communicator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, he did have that. Who was that? I guess it was Spock wasn't on trial for murder. He was just on trial. He was on trial for stealing the Enterprise. Yeah, but that wasn't the trial was because he went to some planet that you can't go to under threat of execution for no reason. Right, it's like apparently the only death penalty left on the books. Yeah, is to go to some planet where they'll make you think that ugly chicks are actually hot. Yeah, it's what's like, wrong with that? That doesn't seem. Why is that though? Why is that the worst thing? I, just I don't can understand do ever? the chaos that would ensue from such a thing. <laughs> like, look, if you want to <laughs> rape and murder people, that's fine, but don't go to that big head planet where they try to make you think that ugly chick is hot. Because, dude, that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> that is where we draw the line. We may be advanced, but come on. Yeah. There are boundaries. We have, we have to have standards. This is a civilization. So I don't think McCoy was ever on trial. You don't want to be up on that humpback thinking you're getting some strange. Well, McCoy was on trial with with Kirk that one time. With Kirk, so, he was on trial. Yeah, yeah you don't want to hang out with Kirk, man, because then you get you just guilty by trial. yeah, you guilty by yeah. Because McCoy's doing his job. Kirk's like, let's go see if anyone's hurt. The next thing you know, we're both on trial for assassination. What the hell? Like Kirk, <laughs> every time, hanging out with you, every man. time. I knew. I remember when we were beaming over, and I told you it was a really bad idea, and you're like, whatever. That was kind of funny in in that movie, you know, when they're stuck in the on the prison planet. McCoy kind of starts doing that. You know, he's kind of like, I got to stop yeah. hanging out with you. <laughs> I know, because he's in trouble. Making out with some shapeshifter. Are we in jail that. again? <laughs> Lord, think of this. So yeah. Scotty was on trial for murder at one point. Yeah. I can think it. of several characters. Riker was on trial for murder. Is at the one Enterprise point. a pirate ship? Because it's starting to sound like it. <laughs> Dax on Deep Space Nine was on trial for murder. Um, Paris on Voyager was on trial for murder. Doesn't the isn't the the Star Trek pilot so with that original captain? Isn't he on trial? No, but he's no. part. He's part of that. He's part of that trial a commission episode where or a Spock trial is getting tried. That you're thinking of the episode where Spock goes back to get him because he's on the planet mm. where they're making him think the humpback is hot. Chief O'Brien got found guilty for murder and was forced to spend 20 years in prison inside his head, even though I thought that there was mind. a Star Trek yeah. pilot that has the original captain, and he's in that yeah. big box thing. He's not on trial, though. I could have swore there no, was some he, kind of trial. See, you're getting mixed up. They took the pilot where he was fine, yeah. and they dressed it up as an episode later, oh. where that's where he's in the wheelchair, oh. and that's where Spock was on trial. Oh. Actually, he has the wheelchair where he can only communicate. Actually, it's kind of cool funny. the way Star they, uh, Trek. Yeah, super future, he, he has like light, a light. One light for <laughs> yes and two for no. And then here in the 20th century, we got Hawking. He's like typing stuff out. It's like, what's going on? Man? Well, he, you know, like, he had that Federation insurance figure. plan. It wasn't very good. <laughs> I know. Look, that goes back to what we were saying. Socialized medicine, man. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all of their technology is just crap. Socialized Everything medicine? will kill you. Man, I can't I can't go into how many times the holodeck has just taken a guy's head off. <laughs> if a holodeck, you know? if not a holodeck, but if a transporter scans your entire structure and then reconstructs it out of whatever materials available, can you not recreate someone that died using their last Man, scan? Don't go there. Can you not at go back and say, "Well, let's just recreate." I cannot tell you how many times Star Trek has explored that idea mm-hmm. to to abomination. Oh, really? Yeah. I can't Things think the worst, horribly awry. the worst episodes of Star Trek ever have been episodes where they've tried to answer questions just like that one. All right, then. Never mind. My thing has always been, wouldn't the transport transporter kill you and then reanimate you? So like you, Yeah. Aren't you technically dying every time you beam somewhere? What does it say about yeah. yourself? It disintegrates you. It's no wonder Kirk's been a murderer. This is where you got, this is where it got stupid really fast because you know as te- the next generation progressed it did try to come up with a with an explanation of the technology where you you're never completely broken up you're you're contained within this buffer 
that is actually shot to whatever place. Like you're not just being reconstructed. So it has to be like a line of sight or something. I something. It really man. There was an episode of Next Generation where Barkley got trapped inside the buffer, and there were like phantasm-looking things in it (laughs) that turned out to be imprints of other people. Except they were trying to bite him, and it didn't make any sense as to why. <laughs> That's like awesome. <laughs> I mean, it was it's horrible. You don't you don't want to pick that scab. All right, then I will leave it be. I would want to be beamed. I can say that. I don't care. Yeah, that thing sounds about being like a beamed. bad idea. Sounds like good for nothing. And in one of the Evil Twin episodes of Star Trek, it was because yeah, Evil Twin. That's a good one. We haven't mentioned Evil, Evil Twins yet. Well, you mentioned well, Evil Twins. I, I was more like shapeshifters, but but Evil Twins, that's kind of a well, unique he situation. Got an evil twin. They even made an, that episode, they made an evil poodle. <laughs> so it gets a nice bad. poodle and an evil poodle. <laughs> it, it went horribly wrong. And they, they split Kirk they, up like that. And like sure one Kirk was evil and like, his you know, rapist. And, and you know, the, the evil Kirk, if I remember correctly, <laughs> yeah. doesn't he have a goatee or something? Or is that Spock? No, that's when they had Evil Spock, yes. the Mirror Universe episode. Evil, yeah. evil twins do tend to have. Yeah, beards. well, that's how you know the difference because the the Fu Manchu, instant evil. Yeah, it's it's poor form to not to not announce yourself. Also, he had a sash. <laughs> evil twins do have a sort of style going on. I wonder if it comes from. That's um, how you knew. That's how you knew the master was evil in Doctor Who. Yeah, he's accessorized. Who was that? Yeah. What What's the name of that guy? The satanic Anton Lavey or whatever. They seem to have that kind of fashion going on when they're when they're evil. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Bald goatee, good to go. You know, kind of flowing <laughs> robes for no reason, just kind of cheese ball fashion. Amnesia. There's a good one. Oh man, that's an excellent one. Where characters get amnesia. I can think of several episodes. Oh, and, and the best and the best on Buffy vari- and the, Angel. This happened in Next Generation. They, the the they best variant of this is, is when they use it to do a best of show. Like like if somebody has amnesia or yeah. some kind of a, <laughs> and they're uh, like, remember you know, this? Thing, and they hook them up to the machine. Remember when we did this? And then it's- yeah, and they hook them up to the machine, try to restore their memory, and they're watching scenes from previous episodes. That's I love that. I love that. <laughs> Retrospectives you don't see as often. But that's another thing that if it hasn't been officially retired. And you know what? You know what's sad? We did one. <laughs> so we can't talk. But we did one for I know, fun. but I'm just saying You're it's funny. About, we're actually guilty of that one. That's, that's probably of, the only of these things so far that we're guilty of that we've said. You mean on this yeah, show? Yeah, yeah. Because we did a best of to try to get new listeners. No, I know, that's but I just different. think it's funny that we did a best of. Never mind. Best of. <laughs> Never mind. But see, there's something that's sort of a violation to have a retrospective within the the narrative of a story, where they're actually remember that clip time. Show. And they sort of, yeah, clip shows are the worst because they never do. But Buck and Rogers I don't even understand really why they oh, do. That's clip what shows. I was. I, mean, I was going to bring up Buck Rogers because they did. They did. I think two clip shows in Buck Rogers, and yeah, the, and the show was season. only two seasons long. <laughs> <laughs> well, they won per season, just like us. That's how we're doing it. I think, and I think one of them was when he was on trial for murder. As a matter of fact, he was on trial for murder. That's right. Man, it happens a lot. I've never known anyone who was on trial for. Well, murder. the future is a very litigious thing i guess it's much more common well you kill people yeah well yeah murder is a lot more common in the future too i work i kill people a lot sometimes (laughs) people think that's murder (laughs) like a naked gun where he's not a cop anymore is like to think the next time i shoot someone i could be a (laughs) it's not going to alter the behavior at all i will continue to like in wayne's world when he's like how come when you kill a man in battle you're called a hero when you kill a man in heat of passion it's called murder (laughs) <laughs> it's a fine line here's another one that you can retire in all things sci-fi and pretty much the whole world Roswell and Area 51 oh, Lord, yes. mm, that's a good one too yeah. all sci-fi shows take a crack at this it's true it's true I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure Star Trek's done that too Oh, Deep Space Nine actually had – they actually went back in time and crash-landed in Roswell, yeah. and that was the incident. Turns, that turns was out the aliens that crashed were some Ferengi, were Ferengi. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that was actually because they were trying to be cheeky. That actually was funnier. 
Well, yeah, I was, I was about to say that's not a bad. That wasn't a bad episode because they did it kind of tongue in cheek. Yeah, they were doing it to be funny. It was almost making fun of shows. Yeah, man, everything else that is dealt with. There was a whole show about Roswell. Oh yeah, yeah, but the which kids, was another the one of those teeny kids from sci-fi yeah. shows. Yeah. yeah. Here's one that I can't think of that many shows that use it, but I still say it's a cliche. Nostradamus. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe that. Maybe I mean that in real life. <laughs> yeah, it's not sci-fi shows that do it, but like any there kind was, of there prophecy was one, show, they always go to Nostradamus. I think one show did it bad enough that it ruined it for everybody. First mm-hmm. Wave, when that show came out, it was like everyone out of the pool. Nostradamus is over. I don't know what um that show is. This was a sci-fi show that was actually about this character had discovered these secret quatrains that Nostradamus had written that foretold of an alien invasion. All right. And that was, the the whole show was him, like, going around spreading the words of these Nostradamus quatrains to warn people against aliens. Sounds lame. It was lame. No, it's lame. Everything's lame. Lame. Totally lame. lame. Totally lame. You're lame. Here's another one that you could retire from all TV shows because sci-fi is not the only one. Sci-fi is worse, I guess, but I think all TV shows do this, and it's never been a formula for success. Unrequited love. Well, that's just a story Wine mentioned. And weird that- attraction. But, I mean, it never works in shows. It always is the death of a show. Uh, it I don't works, know about that. It, it works until they actually hook up. It's, it's but something then it does. You can't have them not hook up forever either. You right. gotta, you gotta nip it one we, way or the we other. We talked about this before. It's really about timing. It's you know you have to. It can work, but it has to. You have to time it just right. And and very few shows have ever done it. Or you've got a Ross Rachel situation on yeah. your hands, man. Ooh. I mean, but mm. I can't. I I don't if think we can confidently say it's never worked. Dumb ideas. I mean, because it's been done a million times throughout history. I. I there have been shows that have survived it that show me a show that has thrived because of it, as opposed to shows that have definitely failed because of it. Moonlighting was destroyed by this. What about like Will and Grace? They never sci-fi show. did anything with that, but that was... Will and... I actually don't want to talk about okay. that. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting comment. Wow, okay. <laughs> I feel very strongly yeah. about Will and Grace. Off the record... I really do believe that when Will and Grace came around, the concept was to get Will and Grace to hook up romantically because they didn't think that having gay characters was going to be popular. And somehow the show became popular because of its gay characters as a gay show. And then that went away. But when I first saw that show coming on, I saw it coming a mile away. Those two characters. But that he would just change his ways for her? Yes. Oh, Lord. That'd be horribly offensive. to happen then. Yeah, I that would have caused a lot of problems. I swear problem. to God, that's where it was headed. And and there just happened to be a very strong contingent of gay fans. That may be true. I, I kind of agree. I, I actually didn't catch... I, I caught the pilot of Will and Grace and didn't watch it again for a while. But but the pilot, you know, there there was some definite like sexual tension between them. Um, that I, and I kind of thought the same thing. But I was thinking at that time, it was like, they can't do this. If the, you know, because, you know, the, the gay community would be so angry that, you know, this gay character decides to go straight. At some point, they embraced the gayness of the characters and mm-hmm. the show changed. But it really, at the beginning, you know, was it was sort of like Knight Rider, where the gay element was the, the abstract. I've got a couple for you, you now know? that I'm thinking about it. I just saw a commercial that had Whoopi Goldberg in it. And it, remind, it reminded me of one. Um, I'm going to go ahead and add Whoopi to the list with Christopher Lambert first of all. But um, I'm tired <laughs> okay. of the I'm tired of godlike characters that don't really do anything. Like Q. That's another fanboy thing. Like thing. that. Like oh, I can do anything. I'm infinitely powerful. Why don't you do something? Oh, I don't feel like it. I mean, so why are you here? What what what's what what are you here for? What is the purpose of your character? I'm here to impart little like her characters like. You know, it's so mysterious. I'm here to give you wisdom, but I'm also just a bartender or whatever. Like, come on, what? That, mm-hmm. that, that's ridiculous. If you, what? Why it's are you sort tending of like bar? The Mayans. It's like, yeah. <laughs> on the one hand, you did have some awesome calendars, but on the other hand, your civilization folded. So you know, back up. 
All right, leave this. It's to the like adult. Tom Bombadil or whatever. It's like, oh, he could, just, oh, he could save us, no problem. Well, why doesn't he? Oh, he doesn't care about our world. It's like, well, then, well, yeah, what's he here for? What is he here for? I don't well, buy that. Exactly. What was he there for? He wasn't in the movie. You don't. Well, Tom Bombadil gets cut out of every adaptation because, as far as the story is concerned, he's not that important. I really think in the movie. He's sort of in the book. I mean, I think he's supported. He's supposed to be this sort of, you know, Deus ex machina. I think. I think we, we I think we lost Brooks. It's unusual. Come on, Brooks. He might just had to go. He might just say, "Oh fuck it, I'm out of here." Yeah. You guys are nerds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> lame. No, it's lame. Everything's lame. I'm gonna go play Halo. Hey, no. Talk about Star Trek. <laughs> Well, it seems that we've lost Brooks, and uh, we've already <laughs> We can finish this thing out on our own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What were we talking about? Tom Bombadil. Oh, okay. But well, I, I actually think that in the book, he's meant to represent sort of a deus ex machina, where they live in a world that they think is normal, but you know, if you stray, you can run into these elements of the divine. And I think that's what he's supposed to be, to let them know that they live in a larger world. Which is why his character can always be cut out, because he doesn't have anything to do with that story. He's just there to show us how, you know, how broad the world is. And to a lesser degree to show the characters, too. That there are elements, there are forces capable of fighting Sauron, they're just not always necessarily, you know, keen to do it. Uh, and I think that's we were talking about the angels, the the eagles. I think they definitely are are that you know divine intervention because they only show up when you've proven your intentions, but you're capable of saving yourself. Well, that's that's kind of the way this new Battlestar Galactica played out. This, um, Did they have angels? They had angels, yeah, and and apparently and a god who you know didn't mind intervening at times, but but did not intervene to the point that he wanted to save humanity. You know, he, he just kind of gave, gave them nudges along the way. It was, uh, it, it was an okay last episode. Oh, well, I wasn't into that show. I always liked the original series, how they would do that, where they would, you know, they would actually run into angels or the devil. Like in Battlestar Galactica, the original, it wasn't uh, it wasn't quite as nuanced as the new show. I mean, Apollo would die, and then these angels, like, these aliens, would just take him and resurrect him and send him on missions and things. And then their main bad guy, who was played by Patrick McNee, yeah, was basically a devil, and he was one of the them who had fallen. And, and it was it was very cool. I really liked it, and it was very archetypal. I have come to a conclusion. Well, I guess we shouldn't dwell on this too long, but I, but I have come to a conclusion that we are in the zeitgeist right now in our popular culture. We are becoming too abstract. Where I'm noticing, I was just I was cooking earlier, and I was doing dishes, and I was singing old TV show theme songs, <laughs> and I realized that TV shows don't have theme songs. And I realized, you know, like it, you know, the old Hobbit animated, you know, was just full of songs. It was practically a musical. But then the new Lord of the Rings is all cool and gritty and, and they don't have any of the songs in it. Not because there aren't songs in the books. It's because they don't feel like they'll work. So they, they don't want to present something that literal. Like they don't in the eighties, everything was a good guy versus bad guy, you know, archetypes and, 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 anthems and now it seems like we're all too cool for that sort of thing we're like uh, I, I don't want that i i get that you know i want to you know layer it a little for me right everything's gritty and and a little off key like we're we feel like we're too cool for for stuff that's straightforward and that's and that's very sad i think because yeah uh, i do think the 80s at least you can still watch the 80s you can say the 80s had a feeling Whereas to a lesser to a point, the '90s didn't because everything post Nirvana is still sort of permeated in the culture that we live in now. Like Nirvana doesn't seem that dated. Grunge, grunge doesn't seem that dated. You could still hear that kind of stuff on the radio. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Right. 
but you couldn't just hear Wham! on the radio without it being some kind of retro thing. You couldn't like just go back to the 80s without it suppose you know without it being kitsch. So it's somewhere right around the 80s going into the 90s that we lost that that anthematic sort of enthusiasm we have for things. Well, and and also kind of an innocence as well, I think, because I think so, yeah. Because nowadays Definitely. it just seems like, you know, everything has to be so angst-ridden uh, uh, on on television that it, it can it, it has to have to has to have a I, I guess what they'd say a realistic tone, but definitely a, a negative tone. And yeah, it's like a hyper realistic though, because that's not like the shield is not realistic. Twenty four is not realistic, but they're considered realistic because they're grim. Yeah, and I, and that's really sad to me that you can be just as unrealistic but more credible as long as as long as it's miserable, as long as it's negative then it's considered believable. My wife uh, watches Grey's Anatomy and also the, the spinoff show, Pri- Private Practice, on Thursday nights. And I, I call it I call it hot people being miserable because <laughs> all these people do, you know, bad things happen to them. They're, you know, they're doctors, of course, and they lose patients and things like that. and uh, or, or they themselves end up getting some kind of disease or something. And they're just all the time walking around being forlorn and sad. And I'm just like, why does somebody want to watch this? I, it's just, it's just so depressing. But, but people, I guess people enjoy melodrama, and I, and I get that. But even you know, '80s had melodrama too. But it's still, I, I I miss you know the archetypes, and I miss the anthems. I miss some of that that straightforward giddiness of the '80s: good guys versus bad guys. You see more shows that are like that now, like where there are more shows coming out now that are people who have somehow decided to use their skills to just help people. That was all over the 80s. Mm-hmm. That was the concept. Like, like I like Burn Notice because that's basically what Burn Notice is. Like, he's a super spy who's using his, his MacGyver-esque talents to just help people. You know, and you know there's no money in that. In the show, somehow he's making money, but there's no actual money in helping regular people. <laughs> he's they probably already money. filthy rich from his previous life as a super spy. Well, mm. there's a whole big backstory to that, but but I just like the that's so eighties. Like you would not in in your life, you know. And there's some people who say that they want to help people, and that's part of their profession. But helping the helpless is not a job description mm. for anybody. <laughs> That actually makes me think about moonlighting. I always wondered how they were able to stay in business because it always turns out that their clients were the bad guys. <laughs> exactly. That's like psych. If he's dating, <laughs> if he's dating the girl, then she's the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> but even psych seems like a sort of return to the goofy eighties, and I support that. I really do. I miss it. I'm tired of I'm tired of being gritty. I don't even watch independent film that much anymore because I'm just so sick of being depressed. Oh, I saw one that maybe want to put a, put a pistol in my mouth yesterday. There was I'm a, not impressed with that. I, I, you know, it, it was a good story, but uh, it was a, a a movie called uh, Grace Is Gone, uh, starring John Cusack. I don't know if you've heard about it. I've heard of the movie. I haven't seen. Well, it. you know, he's a dad. Um, uh, ex-military he got he, he got kicked out of the military because his eyesight's bad but his wife is still in the military and she gets sent off to iraq and gets killed oh. yeah. and uh and you know of course he's got two kids and all that and he has to tell the kids and it's all very sad and but i was watching it and i was like yeah that sounds awful how is this entertaining i mean it's i mean i guess i mean i enjoy the story so i guess it is entertaining but I, I think and I'm at I the point mind. in my life where I just I just don't need that kind of heavy. Yeah, stuff. I'm not looking for mindless entertainment, and I don't mind when they they cover the big, you know, the hard topics. But it seems like movies, and I think especially independent movies too, you should be finding a way to celebrate the beauty of life. And I don't think dwelling on the negative aspects of life is more artistic. In fact, I think it's the challenge of art to find the beauty even in, in horror, even in awful things, even when things are really bad. That's that's the challenge of art. That's what art was intended to do, is to find the beauty of everything, even even, even in suffering. 
not necessarily find the silver lining, but even even when Chucky bites your head off. (laughs) Well, that's why I kind of like horror because horror takes the most awful things that could possibly happen and packages it up so it's fun. (laughs) What's better than that? I mean, that's almost the height of art because it's not like Hostel where these torture movies where it's not entertaining at all and you feel weak and helpless at the end. It's sort of empowering to see just this, this carnage all around and somehow it's funny. It, it it is fun. I had you know I know I you guys give me a hard time about not wanting to watch them. They're not my cup of tea. But you know some of the the better ones are, are like the hokier ones, like the Friday the Thirteenth and Halloween's and stuff. The ones I have watched, I've enjoyed. I mean because because they are kind of funny like that. You're just waiting That's to see how like, he gets the people. next one. They're not as I enjoy horror to the point where it's fun to watch if I'm sitting by myself. But I mean, there's so much fun to watch with other people because you share that that just ridiculous experience. And especially if you go out with your friends or you're vacationing or whatever, you think this is it. This is this is one of those scenarios playing out. We need to pay attention. Yeah. This is let's learn from from what we've seen, <laughs> so we don't do that. Like there's a place nearby called Tiger Ridge, and it's the the it's the local lore where everyone is inbred and crazy and all that, and people are like, we should go out there and see. It's like, damn, damn that, damn you! <laughs> Have you been paying attention at all? That's the last thing we should be doing. <laughs> Take the lore as you seen those movies? There's a reason yeah. why they come at up. best. If we don't explore it, we're not going to expose that the lore is wrong. And then the story has no meaning. And at worst, you know, what if we explored it was true? You wouldn't want to know that firsthand either. <laughs> so leave it be. These stories exist for a reason. Don't don't peel that veil. Let's get let's get back on track. Yeah. Well, we <laughs> probably should one or two other up. points. Yeah, yeah, we're getting there. We we I think this <laughs> we've covered enough ground, Love but. Uh, I said an unrequited love, and that's a good one. Yeah. I said Roswell, Nostradamus, Amnesia. <laughs> I love Amnesia. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> amnesia is too easy. I actually also surprised that I couldn't think of more. I could think of about four shows that centered around or had an episode on Amnesia. Oh. Angel and Buffy both did it. Star Trek The Next Generation did an episode where they tried to convince Riker to give away secrets by telling him it was the far future or something. Miami Vice had a whole Miami Vice had a whole amnesia story arc. It was it was really cool. Where uh, awesome. Uh, where Sonny Crockett loses his memory, but he he doesn't completely lose his memory. He just thinks that he's his his cover, his his alter ego cover. So yeah, he, so cool. he becomes an actual drug dealer for a while. <laughs> Smallville had an arc where where Supergirl got a got amnesia for a while smallville does these cool things because they're trying to they're trying to sort out all their super powerful characters <laughs> so they're always having to do things to keep him in check and that was the one where they threw her into kansas or something and, and took away her memory <laughs> for like a season <laughs> there was a show called john doe with the guy who played dracula in blade three uh dominic purcell and he had amnesia, and he was trying to figure out who he was. But he knew everything else. Like, wherever you were, like, you know, if he saw something, he knew everything about it. Like, all the history of things and trivia. Very strange. Hmm. But there, and I, I wanted to say there were more shows that were geared around a guy who had lost his memory and was trying to find out who he was. But I well, there was think of it more. Wasn't there a nowhere man? Was wasn't he a? He didn't lose his memory though. He his identity was stolen. Like oh, he was that's erased. Right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. Bruce Greenwood was in that. He's mm-hmm. cool. But that was sort of, I don't know, like the prisoner or something. It was also like the Hulk because these shows crack me up because every time something bad happens where you know they're either being chased or they're trying to clear their name of something or, or whatever, they always just get a backpack and start walking down the road. <laughs> like, like that's what you would do. Like these, the premise, and I missed that from the eighties too, where the premise is just to walk 
one side of the country to another having adventures. <laughs> be pretty cool if you could actually do it. Just do that, man. We have a buddy whose actual whose actual little dream, literal dream is to do that to just get a motorcycle and ride cross country. Like <laughs> it's gonna be the same everywhere. I mean, I'm sure it'll be fun to see America, but you're not gonna be having adventures. You're just gonna have to be getting crap jobs in other towns. I don't know with this particular guy we're talking about. He might find some adventures here or there. I'm sure, but the same quality of adventures that he would find anywhere. Oh yeah, yeah you're just going to have. You're not going to be able to deliver pizzas if you're on a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, you know, at least on with a local, you know, toothless redneck, probably. Yeah, really. So, anyway, enjoy I that. Shouldn't, shouldn't say that. He, might, he might be listening, but I doubt that he probably doesn't even have the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Don't lie. He probably doesn't. <laughs> That's wrong. That's right. Uh, we love you, man. We, you know who you we'll are. We love you. Yeah, unnamed rogue. Come back home, man. We need you. Oh, man. Here's another one that I should be able to think of more, and it's broader, but I th- still think that it plays out, which is the character is trying to get home, like trapped somewhere in space or time. You know, obviously, Quantum Leap is a big one for this. Yeah. And I guess you could say Nowhere Man is that because he's trying to get his identity back. He's trying to yeah. get his life back. Sliders. You know, is, is, Sliders yeah. was a Quantum Leap ripoff, so so it did that also. Voyager was that, where they were thrown across the galaxy trying to make their way back home. Yeah. <clears throat> Voyager was a weak one, though, because it was essentially well, just a Star Trek story with a, you know, with a premise. But uh, Yeah, know, it was the, a forehead of the week with a, with a more complex backstory right that didn't uh, play out but sliders and quantum leap actually were you know were decent shows quantum leap especially because mm-hmm. it, it was a different you know even story setting every time it, you know it, it was a difficult show to 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 follow along with and i think that might be why they they've never shows like that never seem to hang on very well but yeah, because Journeyman tried to do the Quantum Leap thing, but it was weird because he could get back home. He was sort of phasing in and out. Yeah. And actually, what? I think Journeyman was killed by the writer's strike. I think that show might have had a chance if, if the writer's strike had Possibly. happened at that time. Well, you know, a lot of, a lot of the problem that I saw with, with Journeyman when I watched it was he had too much conflict in his normal life. You know, every time he'd do those little zip-back things, you know, it always caused so many problems. Yeah, his with his life. brother and his new wife and all that. And it was hard to follow. Like, yeah. I, whenever I would flip back in, and that makes it even, at least a Quantum Leap or a Sliders is procedural. It's a contained story mm-hmm. within an episode. But you'd be flipping into Journey, man. It's like four episodes in, and you're like, what the hell is happening? I'm not invested enough to have to, to keep up this much. <laughs> So there were some elements, but I think it might have found an audience. It was definitely interesting, and it had a lot of good people in it. Actually, yeah. the brother in that show is in Dollhouse now. Oh, really? Oh, the lead guy who you know played uh, Lucius Farinas in Rome. Oh yeah, I love him. Oh uh, yeah, he, well uh, he's I on Grey's Anatomy now, so he's you know oh. he's gone. <laughs> like, well, Nathan Fillion was on Desperate Housewives for a while. So oh, that's true. There's hope. And people keep writing and telling me this new show of his is good, and I have not had a chance to watch it. We uh, should try to Hulu this. Yeah, it's actually on right now. Uh, I, well, that's part of the problem, world. I'm, you know, <laughs> here we are. It's I, on ABC right now. I have watched it. It's it's decent. It's a you know it's a um, mystery type of show, and it's a formula kind of show, right? It, it's it's very dude. it's very moonlighting esque. You know, the, the, he's got the the detective that he runs around with and she's hot and there's sexual tension there, which is fine. You know, it's, it's, yeah. you know, I think Ian was saying that too, where it's already starting that, that, mm-hmm. you know, that relationship between the two leads, which in a procedural might not be as bad a deal. Cause they did, they've been doing that in psych forever. And you know, it hasn't played out. My, my feeling is if, if this is going to be Nathan Fillion's moonlighting, I'll I'll deal with it for a while because, you know, if he can start getting some traction to where maybe he can start doing some really good movies and things. I well, he know. needs some more leaning man status. This yeah. is good for him. Yeah, 
second fiddle in shows that I can't even stand to watch isn't helping anybody. Right. I mean, he keeps his profile up, but at least now he's starring in a show. So hopefully if this one at least gets one solid season, people will say, well, that show didn't work out. But that guy, you know, well, he had something. It must, it must be pretty obvious that the folks in Hollywood are seeing his talent. They, they're just having trouble putting him somewhere where he can. Just haven't positioned him, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if he ends up like a Bruce Campbell, there are worse things. But oh, that's sure. what happened to Bruce Campbell. He had a lot of opportunities, and they just never played out. He can't say he didn't get his shot. And you can't say he screwed up his shot either. It just, you know, sometimes it just isn't, you know, it's not meant to be. It just doesn't happen. But, you know, he hit, he had his TV show, Bruce, you know, Briscoe County Jr. Mm-hmm. Back when he got popular enough and that show just wasn't successful. So he, you know, he got, he gets to star in movies. He's one of the kings of the, he's the god of the drama, Johnny dramas. <laughs> the Lord God, king of Johnny dramas. He is. He's like, and you know, to me, that guy lives the life and all Johnny dramas do to a lesser degree, which is you can walk into your circle and be a god. And then you can walk to Walmart and not be recognized. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the best of both worlds. It's like a switch. You can be a celebrity or not at your leisure. That's the best kind of celebrity. That is very cool. I know how how it is with me, you know, when I'm, you know, everybody. (laughs) I would take that, and we kept trying to get Dragon Con to invite us. It's like I would take just one area where where I'm recognized, not even a celebrity, just at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so I'd world, if you see us on the street, please tell us that, that you like oh, the show. Lord, if you, if buy one it. of my books. I have two books on Amazon now. <laughs> Apocalypse Party is on Amazon now, by the way. So oh, cool. Very cool. So, the saddest plug ever. <laughs> <laughs> Please read my book. <laughs> I, I think we're coming to a wrap, but I, but there was a. I would like to clarify something that Lynn brought to my attention, and since we're we're wrapping up, mm-hmm. we'll do it. Uh, we should do all retractions in the last two minutes of the show. That's what I think. <laughs> okay, that's or, the or, page eight retraction. Are we, re- are we retracting something? I've... Well, she brought to to my attention that in the unfortunate sequels episode, which is way back, we had said something about the Back to the Future sequels and how the girl who played Marty's girlfriend did not reprise the role. Uh-huh. How they replaced her with Elizabeth Shue, which I always really thought was because Elizabeth Shue was more popular. But I guess we suggested in the episode that maybe it was because she'd gotten fat. <laughs> I don't remember that. I, I, but, I do remember that. Okay. And then says we said that. <laughs> and she just wanted us to know that uh, actually the actress at the time they were doing the sequels, her mother was very sick and she decided not to do the sequels because she wanted to be with her mom. Hmm. And it had nothing to do with fatness at all. So really? to this girl whose name we have not bothered to learn in all the course of saying she's fat and not fat. We offer her half-hearted well, apology. Well, certainly my condolences, you know, to her mother if she didn't make it, or you know, I'm glad that she made it if she made it. But I would have to say that's probably one of the dumbest career moves I've ever heard of. <laughs> yeah, probably, but I, I can respect that. I mean, but well, I mean, because come on, I mean, I mean, how how much is she in that movie? That was probably what three or four days of work. I mean, well, the, that character was more was more prominent in the sequels. Or at least the second sequel. Well, but the even then, movie. but they were they were studio shot. I, I guess I'm I guess I'm saying it's not like she was on location for six months. But by the same token, that being the argument, that's not necessarily the reprisal. Of that role wouldn't have skyrocketed her into something else. That's not what made Elizabeth Shue big. Well, no, but I'm just saying that you know, I think you know that it just giving up that shot. She must just, I don't know. You know. I'm just saying. I like that. I like to hear that people give up like on Hollywood things for their real lives because that makes them real people. You know, when you hear about an actress, you're like, whatever happened to her? It's like, well, she had kids and now, you know, she's a house mom. Like, really? You know, but at the same time, it's it's kind of it's kind of comforting that they mm-hmm. set that as a priority as opposed to like you see these Hollywood stars who are like, hey, I got eight kids online, you know, and. They, 
you know, they're really just raised by the nannies. I'm making, I mean, I got three movies out this year. <laughs> I don't even know their names. Okay. I get, or make me feel bad about it. Why don't you? But I'm just, you know, I think I, of course, I don't know the circumstances. I don't know the circumstances. So I guess I shouldn't say, but maybe she was real sick. Yeah. I don't know if we helped Lynn, but I guess we have established she didn't get fat. <laughs> Has she been anything else? There's, there's no limit to how insensitive. Okay, this is it. Can we even look her up? How high up will she be even ranked in the Back to the Future credits on IMDb? Oh, I don't know. Look it up. We're about to put, punch her into the Johnny Drama computer. Cross-reference her with direct-to-video. Like, I know how to do my job. <laughs> So while we're talking about this, or while we're while you're pulling up or out of the out of the computer, have you heard about what Sci-Fi is doing? They're going to change their name. I heard they were changing it to S Y F Y. Yeah, isn't that crazy? I don't know. I'd say crazy. I think stupid is the word <laughs> because that's what people use to text it. Is that what it is? That's what I heard. So you're telling me that your moron fans, sorry sci-fi fans, can't spell sci-fi? So you're changing the name? I know this to me is worse than remember when we were talking about BCE and CE when we threw out AD. Now it's like, uh, this is beyond, this isn't even semantic now. This is, this is mnemonic. This is phonetic. Okay, the actress's name is Claudia Wells. Oh, you beat me to that as well. What's what's that? That's Internet Movie Database, man. Well, I get to talking. I guess that's the disadvantage I'm at. <laughs> I start yakking about something, and then you scoop me. Um, Lord, she's got a lot of credits to her name, more so than I would have thought. Yeah, it, well, it seems like she she's just was show, she appeared as herself in the 12th Annual Prism Awards. Is that worth mentioning? She was in an episode of Simon and Simon and Trapper John. Actually, the, there's a big jump. She's she's doing this Still Waters Burn in 2008, and that's the first thing she's done since 1986, apparently. All right, Lynn, you brought this up. I want to see some stills. Because if she's fat now, the deal's off. <laughs> there is a slideshow. <laughs> I don't know, though. Photo could have been taken. Uh, this photo was taken in two thousand three. So she. Mm, yeah, I want to see uh, stills from the Stillwaters, whatever. Mm. And I'm not seeing anything. And this looks mm. like a very small movie. I'm just saying. I mean, that's not her fault. <laughs> I don't know why we're picking on her. <laughs> this movie looks like crap. Where? Oh, her message boards on the bottom. Where is Claudia now? Hi, everyone. She was very hot in Back to the Future. Um, All right, we're going to Google image this. <laughs> Cross references with the image database. Monit. <laughs> Tell me if this girl is still hot. You think that we're being funny, or hopefully we are, but <laughs> you think that, that to some degree this may actually, this probably actually happens in Hollywood where people are like, Oh, I just heard, you know, this this girl's agent wants her to be in our movie. Yeah, she was cute in Back to the Future. What's she look like now? So some intern has to do what you and I are doing yeah, right doing now. Research trying to find current. Pull me up some Google pics. <laughs> I don't wanna I don't wanna schedule a meeting for nothing. Sad but true, man. Sad but true. Well, you know, it is sad and it is true, but you know, if you don't look the part anymore. These pictures look somewhat recent. Well, and she looks the, cute. The photo, her. Although this keeps getting, I keep getting a picture of Hugh Laurie. She <laughs> might look like Hugh Laurie. I'm her, not sure. Her headshot Every photo. Every time I click on, on IMDb, a picture, I see house. Her headshot photo on IMDb apparently was taken in 2003, and she looks okay. Really, that that headshot looks like it was taken in '83. Yeah. Someone needs to take away the '85 hair. Anyway, that was the worst possible retraction. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. All right, well, 
without Brooks here to put an end to this nonsense, I guess one of us is going to have to do it. Oh, okay. According to the Wikipedia, um, hang on. Since 1991, she has owned and managed a men's fine clothing store in Studio City, California. Well, there you go. So that was a nice note to leave it on. <laughs> and she's in Stillwater's burn. So there you go. Good enough. So, <laughs> Claudia Wells, I hope you're doing all right. Yeah, really. Apparently, from the pictures I've seen, you're not fat. <laughs> oh, Lord. I think, I think that's enough. We've done enough damage for one for two nights. <laughs> well, okay. Well, and and I'm sure we left some stuff out as usual. Our email is feedback at tv8mydinner.com. And and Brooks should be back next week. We're not quite sure what happened to Brooks, but he, <laughs> I'm not sure what happened to him at all. <laughs> I bet he's playing Halo. <laughs> Maybe Halo killed your Skype connection. Yeah, I think I'm going to get on Halo here in just a minute and see if he's there. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's sad. How <laughs> sad things keep getting for this show. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, I'm Greg. I'm Sean. We'll see you next week. And we week. will see you next week. Oh, that was cool. Yeah. Stereo. <laughs> see you next week. Hello? Oh, Lord, did I lose some things? Damn it. <laughs>